Hello and welcome to the Access of Space Defense and Security podcast. I'm Omkar Nikam, your host for this episode. In this podcast, we explore the latest developments and trends in the fields of space exploration, defense technology, and national security. Each episode features insightful interviews with experts and industry leaders who share their perspectives on a wide range of topics, including the latest advances in satellite technology, space exploration missions, military defense strategies, cybersecurity, and more. Whether you are a space enthusiast, a military professional, or someone interested in the latest innovation in technology and security, this podcast has something for you. Join us as we delve into the cutting-edge research breakthroughs that are shaping the future of space defense and security. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to episode 3, Spartan Space Moon Mission and Space Exploration. To understand this landscape of space exploration, we have today with us the subject matter expert, Dr. Peter Weiss. Hi, Peter. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Omka. Nice to be with you. Likewise, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, as we'll be taking a deep dive into this topic, so can you please provide us a brief outlook on your journey as a space technology expert? Yes, sure. Um, to be honest, I, I didn't I, I didn't really start as uh, in the space sector. I, I was working a long time in the in the maritime sector. And actually the 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 company or the enterprise or the startup that we that we created um goes in this direction. It's actually what we are working on are um habitation system and technologies uh, related to that. Um, but not only for space, also for other extreme environment like the underwater environment, because we believe there are uh, lots of synergies between both fields. Like, for example, a life support system that can be used underwater can be transferred to space in a space station or the other way around. And that's actually what uh, what we want to achieve with our company. Amazing. I think you mentioned maritime and I, I believe maritime and space have a very close connection because space law has been based on the maritime aspects and even the underwater training of the astronauts as well. So it's really great to see, you know, this cross-industrial uh, function that uh, you have brought up to in your career as well as to your team. Uh, so can you tell us more about the Spartan space and how do you see the company shaping the Europe's space exploration landscape? Yeah, sure. So our company is quite young. Uh, we have been founded a little bit more than one year ago, and um, what is important for me, I'm, I'm not alone. We are, we are. I've uh, several associates, uh, so several people that joined me from the last company, uh, but also we have um, two astronauts uh, with us, two French astronauts, Jean-François Clavoy and Jean-Jacques Favier, um, and also architects uh, from the maritime and space sector, uh, like Jacques Rougerie. Um and this is important for me actually what i want to have is a company that is um working in these different and exciting fields um with different experts from from these fields um it's quite an international company i must say so we are not french alone we are we have indian colleagues we have german colleagues like 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 i am um and also quite intergenerational if i might say because we have yeah uh quite young colleagues, if I might say, and people who are maybe a little bit less young. Um, and that, that, that's, info, uh, that's important for me because there are lots of uh, knowledge that can be, can, be, uh, can be transferred from one generation to the next one. 
And actually what we want to achieve is, um, well, actually we, we, we have a vision about how the coming decades will look like. Uh, we strongly believe that uh, humans will return to the moon. Uh, so we will go beyond uh, low Earth orbit. Um, and it, it's a clear, clear, clear strategy that can be seen with NASA and other space agencies right now. Europe is a little bit reluctant and still searching its its way there or its its contribution. And and we have a we have a good proposal for that. But not only underwater; it's also also uh, not only space, but also underwater because our our, our planet is changing, uh, population is growing. Uh, basically, what we the technology that we are developing for space. Um, shall come back to earth and not on maybe not only to extreme environment but also in normal households because basically the requirements that you have have for space habitat like being energy efficient recycling uh, goods and things like that you can you can and we need to put them into application also in normal households all right that that's pretty much wide i would say in a wide range of applications so like considering your company's expertise i would say in extreme environment infrastructure can you please provide us a brief outlook on your team's achievements uh, especially in the other industrial sectors as well apart from space actually we are we our main focus right now is on one particular space project um uh, which is called eurohub um so that's uh that's a secondary habitat uh, or a secondary habitat concept that could be a contribution to artemis um up, but apart from that development which again as i said is taking quite a lot of our time right now um we have several uh developments in in in, in underwater training uh for for astronauts but also for other applications and so uh, smaller underwater habitat uh, developments that uh, that we are trying to push further. Wow, that's amazing. And looking at, you know, the Eurohab that you mentioned at the moment, uh, like I have been hearing about the Artemis program a lot and how the astronauts will potentially, you know, operate over there in a, such an extreme mm-hmm. environment. So can you uh, give us a brief about what is Eurohab and who are the partners and uh, how is your work going on in general uh, with the Eurohub? Yeah, so Eurohub is a, is, is, a, is a concept of a secondary habitat. Uh, secondary habitat means uh, that thing um, can be used like a, like a base camp. If you, for example, you want to go to Mount Everest, you have a base camp at a certain altitude. And before you go to the summit, you stay some time there. And that's a little bit the same idea with Eurohub. Uh, we were analyzing the concepts of operation of the Artemis missions by, by NASA. And actually, when so all these missions, Artemis, but also others like the Chinese, um, are targeting the South Pole of the moon. Uh, why the South Pole? Simply because there are the resources. So there are some interesting resources that can be used for human spaceflight. Now, when you look at that zone, that uh, Katakrufi, you see that actually there's, there's a quite a huge gap between sites that can be considered safe for a human landing, which basically are sites that are flat and you don't have big boulders and mountains and things like that, 
And on the other hand, the sites that are interesting for resources or for science. So there's a, there's a gap between both over several tens of kilometers. And the problem is um, in human spaceflight um, on surface extravehicular activity, EVA, you cannot go uh, beyond a certain distance from your landing spot because it's so technically you could go further, but um, it's, it's a question of security. You, you want the astronauts to be able to go back if there's a problem with the suit or something like that. And here comes the secondary habitats. If you imagine you put in between the landing spot and the spot where the astronauts ultimately want to go, a secondary habitat, then you could go to these spots because in the case of a problem, the astronauts could go back to the secondary habitat. And this is the, the concept of Eurohub. It's, it's a habitat, it's a rather small habitat, but uh, which, which is conceived like a payload. Um, and it can be brought to the lunar surface by a vehicle which is under development by the European Space Agency. Uh, this vehicle is called Euro, uh, European Large Logistic Lander, EL3. And so our habitat is sitting on the top of that system and can be landing with that system on the moon alone, robotically. It folds up, inflates, and then it's waiting for the astronauts to come. And that's that's the concept of, of Eurohub. And as the name indicates, we... We, we hope that this could become a, a European contribution to, uh, to this kind of, uh, yeah, to programs like Artemis. That's really good uh, that we are actually hearing this kind of developments in Europe, because I believe for a long, long time, it's only been satellite and it's really good to see the emergence of space exploration finally, and that too in a very, you know, commercial and uh, private segment. So with the changing I, dynamics, uh, yes, sorry, I, I have a cut in between. Uh, would you like? Yeah, to I totally agree with you, Omka. It's, it's uh, exactly like that because it's uh, uh, human spaceflight is extremely important. It's not only yes. about science. It's not only maybe about a uh, a return of investment financially wise. Um, actually, to be honest with you, the, the biggest return of investment is inspiration. Inspiration for young people to study science, uh, young people to maybe stay here in Europe to, to, to continue working here and yeah, not maybe going to the US because opportunities are bigger. So that, 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 that is extremely important. And, and as you said, Europe um, has a fantastic potential, but uh, what, what concerns the missions to the moon, to the lunar surface, um, I think we could have a strong, we should have a stronger position. Yes, definitely. I think not only from a, you know, like the business perspective or the science and research, but it, it is also about creating the future leaders. Uh, as you mentioned about the inspiration, mm. I've seen the Euro have being exhibited uh, not only in Europe, but in the other parts of the world. And I think it is serving as an inspiration to the young people who are at the moment pursuing their academic studies in various fields. So definitely, I think it will be changing the landscape uh, of the space exploration. Just uh, looping up this point, with the changing dynamics of the space industry, do you believe there is an increase in investment in the space exploration domain? Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, that, that is a trend that started clearly in the United States. And uh, <laughs> I mean, everybody knows the most prominent examples of uh, of very successful companies 
uh, young companies that, that are doing fantastic things today. Um, from a European perspective, I must say there's a, there's a highly increased interest in, in, in space too and in the private space sector, in, in startups, new space, um, where we are clearly sitting in. And that, that is also something that we want to push forward. Um, we cannot expect doing new space with, if I might say, old methods. Uh, the whole thinking needs to change. And it's changing now. I see it. Um, to give you an example, um, what we are trying to achieve is, is proposing a service. Um, a little bit, if I might say, like SpaceX or, or Ariane. I mean, they are not selling rockets they are selling they are selling a service they are selling a transport service from the ground to iss of cargo or astronauts so the the, the keyword is service and we want to do the same thing and actually what we are working on is a concept we uh, we propose a habitat as a service might it be an underwater habitat or might it be a might it be a habitat on the moon a little bit like a like an airbnb on the moon all right that's that is like you know completely out of the world you know airbnb uh, yeah. but i think we are reaching that point where we see a lot of private investors not only the investors but from a consumer point of view as well people are urging there are been there have been like quite quite a few filmmakers as well who are trying to reach to the space and you know yeah. uh, film the actual raw footage rather than using the vfx so I believe I think we are reaching that point where uh, it can be, you know, outsourced as a Airbnb service, definitely. <laughs> and uh, how do you think the upcoming moon missions will push the boundaries for the private space companies, especially from the business point of view that we were just speaking about, you know, how, the, how it will turn out as an Airbnb service and from a research point of view as well? I, I mean... Um... I start with the research point of view. Um, moon is the obligatory stepping stone before going further. When people talk about or say, why, why, why shall we go back to the moon? We have already been there. Uh, we, we should go to Mars. Um, I'm sorry, today this is not uh, the way to go. Uh, we have, there is an obligation. We have to go back to the moon because the moon is our closest neighbor and uh, on the moon we will learn how to go much further today if the world or big nations would invest in a mission to mars for example i think what would be happening we would pump, pump a lot of money into that and that will simply end with just another flag somewhere on the surface of mars and then we don't return for 60 years um, i don't want to see that what i want to see is uh, is developing a sustainable presence of robotic systems and humans on the lunar surface and from there on we go further and that that is that is really important and and that will of course have an enormous impact on science and technology now concerning the uh, private sector the commercial sector coming into that game um i i strongly believe in that really because um I mean, just take a comparison. If you would have told your grandparents, for example, uh, that, the, that the fuel that you are using with your car every day is going to be recovered in, in, in 3,000 meter water depth, they might have said, no, this will never be, be happening. 
but that that is that is that is, that is what's happening today today we if there's enough investment you get enough uh, technology in order to uh, recover resources from the most extreme environments like like oil and gas in 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 the deep sea so why shouldn't that work on the moon it's it's just a question of the resources being there and they are there uh the right people uh, encourages enough to to invest and then and then the door is open and i i strongly believe in that the world is so much changing the world was so much changing these 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 last years um i i think we are we are in front of an era that will a little bit re- revolutionize our 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 whole uh, yeah the whole way we are living and how how our planet is working amazing i think the point that you mentioned about the flag especially i really believe we shouldn't be doing the same with the mars you know just mm. putting up a flag and then we have nothing i believe even though in back in those decades we reached the moon but the issue was like we didn't had a full fledged capacity yeah uh, to carry to manage things very well and we i think those days even saw a lot of uh, kind of failures in the missions where where there was a human loss as well so i believe it's really better to go you know in a step by step way like moon can be a experimental base for everything that yeah. we develop capacity for i totally agree and 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 uh, to be honest with you i believe we are we are back in a space race if i might say uh like at the time between the soviet union and and the united states um we are back in a race towards the moon but this race will not stop with a flag or boots on the moon that race will go much further it, the next the next milestone is building up, up some infrastructure on the lunar surface um and then getting more and more complex maybe in this infrastructure so it's 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 really it's somehow it's the same challenges or similar challenges uh but it's clearly not the same goal um if if a nation if the united states for example would just return to plant if i might say another flag um that wouldn't stop other nations to push further and and go towards a uh like the chinese and international uh, lunar base station or something like that um and that that is what is going to happen uh nobody can stop that and either we are part of that game and here i speak from a european perspective so either europe is part of it or europe is not part of it uh but the zone that we are talking about on the lunar surface is quite limited in terms of size so the actors that will be present there will be those who will be dominating the next steps going to mars etc and um again speaking from a european perspective it would be extremely sad if there's no there's no contribution on that on 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 that challenge that's really nice we actually touched upon the international cooperation part as well over here uh, but i think like we have very limited time so we have possibly you know in the next few sessions definitely it will be interesting to cover you know from the international cooperation point of view coming to yep. this point itself uh, we see like us has initiated the artemis program uh, human space flight program so do you think this program will serve as a benchmark to boost private investment in space exploration because a lot of countries are also participating in the artemis like new zealand who 
who mm-hmm. are actually uh, right now i would say an emerging nation in space even though they have some companies like donor space and mm-hmm. uh, rocket lab so yep. can you just uh, provide us a brief on this like how this will boost investments in space exploration i i just i just can totally confirm your 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 stat, statement i mean uh, artemis program and um i'm i'm a big fan of artemis program that it's fantastic that 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 the united states and if i might say parts of the world are are, are going towards that journey um but again it's it's uh, as you just said it's not only it's not it's not apollo it's um not in the sense as i as i said that it's not about planting a flag it's it's about going further um and it's also about international cooperation um with countries that have if i might say the same mind spirit uh going in this direction and build something together and that 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 is very important yes. and and very important the the third aspect is it's not only agencies it's also private entities i mean you look at the program today uh as it looks um there's a huge uh huge contribution from 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 partners like like spacex and and another um and this is fantastic this is exactly the way it, it should go um it's not against the agencies it's um it's bringing new blood new thinking new new methods in this in this whole process by pushing by pushing the common goal further so it's good definitely i think uh, let's hope that this kind of initiatives have will push the boundaries i believe uh, just the way as i mentioned spartan space uh, has been inspiring the students and the research scholars as well through the exhibition and through several events i hope so <laughs> yeah <laughs> so as a science and technology expert i would say i, I wouldn't say you know because you really have a cross functional area of expertise and multidisciplinary approach peter so definitely i would call you as a you know science technology expert because as we know like even even in the space that you know it's 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 not a independent branch it's it's mm. something that is very much uh, interdisciplinary whether if you take up communication you need to know about telecommunication so i would refer to you as you know a science technology expert so from that perspective what message would you like to give to future generation stepping into the field of space science and technology never start dreaming push open doors um yeah don't be hesitating asking approaching big names um i mean everybody can can contribute to that and and um we get so many fantastic ideas from from young people um um yeah future is yours so open it use it yes <laughs> i think yeah we have to be open to every kind of possibility generally people have uh, this kind of uh, illusion that it's only an engineer who can make a difference in the industry but it's a wide variety oh. and a range of people from different backgrounds who can make a difference in the space industry i totally agree um you don't do not need only to be an engineer if i might say um in order to contribute here um the people i'm working on coming from different fields as i said we have of course astronauts and architects and designers 
Um, but in, in, in our daily work, we, we work with, with divers, we work with technicians and, um, and a lot of very, very good and concrete solutions to our problems are not coming out of some kind of cut system or, or something like that. It's, it's coming by discussion with the, the guys who build it. So, um, yeah, you, everybody can contribute, everybody on every level. Yes. So thank you, Peter, very much uh, for providing us, you know, the brief insights. Uh, there are several questions, I guess, that popped up and especially the international cooperation part that we touched upon. Definitely, I'd be very much glad to have a second session whenever possible after the, uh, you know, the summer crunch up has gone. <laughs> so we can definitely have a second session as well. So thank you very much uh, for providing us this valuable insights. Thank you, Amka. Would be with great pleasure to talk to you again. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you find our podcast insightful, then please like, share and subscribe. See you in the next episode. Thank you.